He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. An old friend of mine, Stone Sour guitarist Josh Rand, joins me live in studio. What's going on? Hi. Good to see you again. Yes, it was what just last week. Well, I mean, they don't know that. Oh, they don't know that. You came in, of course, to uh, to gift me something really, really cool, and I do appreciate it. No worries. My own copy of Stone Sour's first official live record release. Hello, you bastards! Live in Reno, coming Friday the thirteenth. Sixteen songs recorded live on October fifth of twenty eighteen. Available on CD, digitally, and as a numbered one hundred eighty gram double vinyl package, which includes a poster, a backstage pass, a guitar pick, autographed set list, and download card. That package limited to just twenty five hundred units, and that's a worldwide statistic, is it not? That is correct. In fact, they're pretty much all completely sold out, except for the amount that will be going to. Uh the mom-pop record stores, and even then, it's super limited. I mean, I'm going to have to pick mine up at Jay's. Yes. Because I gave you my copy. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, I didn't Which know. Which, actually, the reason why I'm honestly back down here is to collect that 40 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, cover, we'll cover the 40 wink-wink dollars here in just a little bit. As an avid collector yourself, Josh, I imagine this was a pretty hands-on experience for you putting this package together. Oh, definitely. I actually had the vision for it about a year ago. Um, you know, normally in the downtime for Stone Sour when Corey's with Slipknot, we try to figure out stuff to do uh, in that meantime. And this time around, it just made sense to do the live record because uh, we hadn't done one, which is kind of crazy coming up on like 20 years of doing this. God, that's unbelievable. And, and um, so going in, I wanted to do a live record and... As you said, I'm a collector, and uh, I really wanted to load this package up with as much stuff as possible without um, making fans, you know, making it reasonably priced. So I actually was extremely hands-on with everything. In fact, I made the calls to the pick company, the pass company, um, you know, and then I actually got everybody on a day off to sign 2,500 set lists. Dang. Yeah, it was like about four and a half hours, but I can vouch that those are all legit. We actually really signed all those, so um, you know, we're I'm pretty proud of how the packaging came out and and how much it costs. Like I said, really, all that stuff um, is kind of just a bonus. We're not, I mean, the vinyl costs, you know, the forty dollars itself. So everything else is just like free, and it was something for our diehard fans that follow us, even when you know, when we're not doing anything, because they're the ones that would obviously be notified first that it was coming out. So it was really a chance for them to get something. And like I said, not price people out by charging 150 or up to $300. I've seen some, some acts, you know, charge when there's autograph stuff. And it. it was like, we appreciate it. The record is more of a thank you to everyone that came out and supported the band on this record cycle. So often live albums are actually compilations, taking bits and pieces from a wide swath of shows. This is that rare collection that's 100% live and the audio sourced from that one show in Reno, right? 
Correct. Well, it's an interesting story because the original plan was for us to record the shows on the Russia tour. So the equipment actually came into Reno and it was up to our TM front of house guy. Uh, He uh, wanted to test it out before we obviously flew with it to Russia. So he hooked it up, but didn't tell anybody (laughs) and um, recorded the show. And then the next day is when we found out that that show was recorded. But what is cool about it is not only one, did we not have any idea about that show and we were able to, it's literally exactly how we, how it went down that night with no editing or overdubs. But then when we did get to Russia and tried to record those shows, we had technical difficulty for all those shows. So if he hadn't done that for the Reno as a test, we, I probably wouldn't be in here talking about a live record. So it's kind of cool that that all happened the way that it did. Yeah, clearly meant to be at that point, and that kind of blows my next question out of the water. I was going to ask you, and kind of more of a two-part question, really, when you know you're being recorded, and you've been recorded before, A, how painstaking a process is it to draw up the absolute best set list for that show? Because you know eventually that recording is going to live on forever and ever, so you want to put your best foot forward in terms of what songs you're playing. And then B, does that fact enter your mind at all while you're up there playing in terms of trying to be as perfect as possible? Obviously, it doesn't apply to this particular show. Yeah, um, I would say no. At this point, we've we've done so many shows. I mean, almost, like you said, two decades of playing out. So it really doesn't really uh, matter. I mean, we go out and we try to do the best we can every night. Um, Regarding the set list, it all depends on the set time. You know, sometimes, you know, um, it really depends how long you get to play. Uh, one of the things that was just brought up that I didn't even realize until yesterday is there's no audio secrecy songs on this record. And I didn't even notice that at first, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, I, I guess that's where we were at that time. And we tried to change it up because we didn't want to play the same set throughout the entire record cycle. I know? do remember that from the Hydrograd tour cycle when you guys played here in Des Moines. One of the key points was that you're trying your best to switch it up and play some different cuts, maybe some things you hadn't played in a while. And you yeah. get a little bit of that on this recording, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a fine balance. Really what we would do, or I, I might even bring up, is you know, most of the time now when you put a record out, you're going to tour the world two three times around realistically Mm -hmm. and so when every time we would come back through and do you know i think we did basically three u.s runs on hydrograd we would we would look at the set and of course there's staples that have to be in there we're never going to not play through glass and you know song three is huge and we're supporting that record but kind of the other songs i mean we pulled some old stuff that we hadn't played for years like cold reader which we hadn't played since I believe 2007. Yeah, it was the last time we played that song um, live up until this last run. And then, of course, we dabbed into more pulling out more new songs too. Because I think there might be five. It's crazy because, as I said, the set list changes every time we go out. So, um, you know, that's just what happens. We we didn't want to play the same, like I said, the same set every time we go out because. You know, you might, if you're a diehard fan, and I mean, for instance, both of us are diehard Metallica fans. When you go see a Metallica show, there's there's usually three or four songs in rotation that can change from any given show. So at least if you're going to multiple shows, 
it's not exact same set and, mm-hmm. and everybody still gets that surprise element and so yeah part of the reason i asked you that is you didn't you didn't get the opportunity to overthink this which is good not really. Yeah. I mean, the packaging overthought that. <laughs> 100%, yes. But in terms of performance, again, this is something that's going to live on forever now. If you're in your own head up there on stage wondering, should did we leave something off of audio secrecy? Should we have played this instead of that? And then in terms of your actual performance playing the guitar, I missed this note, I missed that note, this was way out of tune. You didn't have a chance to really get in your head about all that. Well, there's a couple of those parts there. I that's think good, for though. everybody. I, think I mean, that's that was good. part of keeping it at 100% live exactly like there is. I can't remember the song, but um, actually what happened is my in-ear um, got caught and I kind of yanked it out, so I stopped playing to adjust that, but it, it's that's how it is on the record cuz that's how that's how that's what happened and uh, you know, that was going into it. I thought it was cool. It was a good enough recording. I I felt that it needed to just be 100% live. There's several of my favorite live records of all time, and we won't really go in to, <laughs> into detail of those artists, but, uh, you know, a lot of studio fixing in those records. So, yeah, uh, which I alluded to a bit ago. This one's so, 100% live. Yeah, and it's that's... exactly, you got all the, there's, there's, you know, mistakes by all of us throughout the record if you really picked it apart. But the energy and the vibe is there, and that was what was important to us. Well, and I think we'd all appreciate it, uh, you know, especially those of us from the vinyl era. Um, some of the greatest albums of all time left their flaws out there for us to not necessarily pick apart, but realize that these people are indeed human. They're not superhuman, as some people would, you know, they'd put them on that sort of pedestal. But uh, I think it's great. I think those little flaws are a, a beautiful thing when it comes to recordings like this. And uh, I think this is going to be well worth everybody's uh, well worth everybody's dollars and cents on this one, for sure. Let's talk about the day after the release, Josh. Saturday, December 14th, and your appearance at JCD and Hobby. They've got three metro locations here in Des Moines. Which one are you going to be appearing at? I will be at the West Side Street. 22nd Street. Okay, cool. That's a nice spot over there. Yeah, it's a great spot. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a really cool thing. Um, It actually is, I think, the first time I've done an in-store since the first album by myself. And I really wanted to make it a a cool experience for everybody. So we're going to have, like, Stone Sour merchandise at blowout prices. Um, I'm actually going to bring Rizzo jasper and the metal plated guitar with me you'll get a chance to play the polka dotted guitar in the store um, take pictures with any of them Um, we're doing a charity raffling with the iowa food bank Um, with the purchase of each ticket you'll get a limited guitar pick that's exclusive for this event which is pretty cool and then the all the prizes for it i've kind of pulled out of my own personal collection so there's some really cool stuff for it and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a ball. You mentioned appearance, but it is a signing as well. So your fans should feel free to show up, bring a couple of items with, and, and have you sign them. Absolutely. I know and, the, the headliner, of course, is somebody actually gets to touch Rizzo. I mean, come on, yeah, let's, let's I mean, face it. This is, I, I thought about it for like a month, and I was just like, you know, everybody loves the polka dotted guitar. And I thought, what a cool thing to bring it in, and I'm going to bring in an amp with headphones and let people be able to play it. And uh, like I said, and then the other two, um, you'll be able to take pictures with. I mean, you could take pictures with Rizzo. I mean, but, you know, like the metal plated guitar for me, it's like I that was for all the way back from the first Stone Sour album 
when I worked at the sign shop and I actually, that's real aluminum and I plated that guitar myself and it's so, and it was used in the get inside video and it's kind of like the, basically like my first customized guitar from when Snow Sour started. So I thought it would be cool to pull that out and just, you know, make it a family fun event, just have a ball with it and then be able to do stuff cool, you know, that's cool with, you know, I'm really glad to join up with, uh, you guys, Jay, and the food bank to be able to do that donation. So it'll, it'll be a good time. Some of the stuff you're going to be giving away, and, and actually, you know, part of the, the uh, packaging for the uh, deluxe edition of uh, Hello, You Bastards, Live in Reno, one of the bits that I love from this package is like a piece of the, what would you call it, backdrop that you yes. guys actually used on this tour. It was cut into pieces, and fans can own a piece of that. Well, yeah, I mean, to me, I'm a collector. We've yeah. already touched on this. So yeah. uh, I'm always looking at cool stuff to do. It's like the reality is is that tour cycle's done. 99% of the time, those things get thrown away. That's what happens. So it's like, well, why not do something cool with it? So the idea was cutting it up into pieces. I did the certificates for them, like 200 of them, signed them and numbered them. And also, as a collector, I actually hand-numbered the back of the piece of swatch from the backdrop matches the certificate. Wow. So, um, you know, just one of those little detailed things. That's what I do. So, But it's a really cool thing. I haven't really seen anybody do anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. Going back to the painstaking process of... uh thinking about what your fans might think is really cool to be a part of this set. You know, I, I think some things have been overdone by bands in the past, and I don't see any of that in this package, Josh. I mean, this is a completely, this is, whether they're collectors or not, if they're fans of Stone Sour, this is all stuff that they're going to find really cool. For me, it's, it really is the set list. I mean, all the other items are cool, but, you know, the fact that we all came to an agreement of doing a signed set list and just letting it, we're not charging anything extra for it. Like I said, it was for all of our diehard fans to have that opportunity and not necessarily price fans to have that opportunity to have it. Let's be honest. I mean, not everybody can go spend 150 like I said, or up to $300 on a record because there's an autograph thing in it. So mm-hmm. it was literally, you know, the price for that is honestly what it costs to manufacture everything. So... It, it's uh we're all proud of that so it's really cool uh, a couple of personal items before i let you go last we spoke josh at least publicly a uh, big topic of conversation was in regards to your sobriety and how the battle to remain sober following your rehab stint early 2018 where are you at now and is it more or less difficult day to day when stone sour is off cycle as you are now um I think it's easier as every day goes by for me. It's harder being out on the road. I mean, it's it's constantly I, I have access around it or to or to it throughout the day every day. I mean, so it's definitely a lot harder on the road. Every day that goes by, I don't even think about it anymore to be quite honest. I mean, I went through a big time period in my life where I didn't drink, so it's like I'm kind of back there and it's like I said, I'm doing well with it. I, I don't struggle necessarily with it. I mean, I guess that question would be going back out whenever that may be, but I'm all good now. You've uh, had a lot of fun. 
over the uh, course of the past couple of months, especially anybody that follows you on social media has basically followed you around to all kinds of amazing shows all over the upper Midwest and and elsewhere. Uh, You've met a lot of cool people. This is one of my favorite things about you on social media, Josh, is the fact that, you know, it's not just all about you all the time. It's like, you know, you actually like share the experiences, you know what I mean? With other people too, and bring them into your social media. And I really dig that about following you. I'm just still a fan. So I'm lucky to be in a position where I get to meet a lot of cool people that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I'm dating my age right now, but, um, (laughs) you know, I, I would have died to me. And to me, it's important for me to maintain that. I feel like once that, if I lose that, it just carries over for me for fans of Stone Sour and myself. So it's like I treat everybody like I would want to be treated, for instance, uh, when I meet whomever. You know, obviously this last month was, you know, hanging out with Gary Holt of Slayer and tons of people. I mean, so I'm, I'm very fortunate in that way. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just a cool thing. I'm still a fan. So I, I love going to shows. Actually, more so now than I have in quite a while actually so it's uh inspiring for me and uh it's awesome as a guy that is uber involved in the production of stone sour and the tours um when you go to other people's shows are you mentally taking notes sometimes or are you literally just there to enjoy the show uh it depends i mean you know obviously i'm always curious on the production side of things and uh you know my kids sometimes take me to shows that I probably wouldn't necessarily go to, but sure. it's, it's very cool. And I, I, anymore, that's one of the main things I really enjoy is I'm especially any artists that are, I guess that are playing larger places to just to see, cause I think, um, production overall, especially in hard rock and metal, it's, it's really become a lot more affordable if, if from when we were growing up. Um, so you're seeing some spectacular stage shows with, you know, out of out of acts that maybe 20 years ago couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. So it's and I'm always looking at stuff like that. Like one of the things with Stone Sour, for instance, we went out and the, the sparkulars or what we took out with us. So it's basically pyro with that's not flammable. Okay. Like you can I can literally in fact, I'm sure there's photos and stuff of me sticking my guitar into it and my hands and don't get me wrong. This shit hurts when it hits is you. Is there no is there no <laughs> temperature like... on the flame, or is it because I mean, if if you're putting it on your guitar, aren't you worrying about burning? Um, it didn't burn it, but it did have a chemical reaction to the plastic on it. Oh, weird! And it melted it, Oops. but not. But it wasn't like fire. Like it's it's hard to explain. Like you could literally put a piece of paper over, it and it looks like a bunch of sparks and and pyro, but for whatever reason, it won't ignite anything. So, you know, that was something actually that um, got brought up to us about a pop act in the UK that was starting to use it. So, and then, so yes, I love going and seeing production and figuring out, is there something there that I can take to Stone Sour next sure, time? Sure, <laughs> sure, absolutely. And you alluded, Josh, to the fact that you've seen some shows, especially recently and especially with your daughter, uh, shows that maybe you wouldn't have bought a ticket to or, or wanted to go see yourself but you know because you're a good dad and you want to take your daughter to see who she wants to see you don't have to be specific when i ask you this but are there any artists you've met in that realm where these again these are artists you would not yourself choose to go see in your free time or pay for a ticket are there any of those that you've met that you're surprised know who you are and are big fans 
I wouldn't say that they're big fans. They're like, oh, I listened to you when I was like eight years old. Ooh, really? <laughs> Ooh. I don't know why people do that. That kills me. That I was kills like, yeah, me. Yeah, thanks. Oh, man. <laughs> I can relate to that one, by the way. <laughs> Having been on the radio as long as I have, I got people who were like infants and they're like, I used to listen to you in my mom and dad's car. And now they're in their 20s. And I'm like, what I have the one hell? that's even better. Yeah. My parents love you. <laughs> I'm not sure. My how parents to... love love your band. I'm like, cool. Wow. <laughs> I mean, your parents must be really freaking cool. Yeah, we'll go with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's been plenty to keep you busy. We did mention the uh, fact that you've seen a lot of shows and met some friends uh, in the business and things like that. But uh, you also have this like insane collection of guitars and you have to find a way to store those properly and i don't know if you're like me with albums and i have like a specific way i like to organize them are you the same way with your guitar collection yeah i just like to keep everything grouped so what i mean is by by brand that you know all the ibanezes are together all the fenders are get together and it's also more just because of the style of cases are all different so it's like i like them to look nice and neat you do have an amazing collection of guitars, and you will have the chance, uh, fans will have the chance to see a handful of them, including Rizzo, at JCD and Hobby's 22nd Street location on Saturday, December 14th. It's a signing event, and we're celebrating the release of Hello, You Bastards! Uh, live in Reno. The, the uh, very first live album from Stone Sour is coming on Friday the 13th. Yes. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. It's been great having you in here. I appreciate your time. I always do. Love being in here. Where's my office? <laughs>